Welcome to the January Donovan Show. I'm the founder of The Woman's School, where our bold vision is to rebuild culture one woman's worth at a time. And we're doing that by providing an education and training platform for women. Because the best way to fight the devaluing of women today is to have a strength of mind, to be skilled, and to be strategic about how we can influence culture. And the best way we can do that is to train ourselves. We have a duty to personally develop who we need to become for the world so that we can set the world on fire. And in the woman's school, our vision is to form women so she can transform culture. Join me as I talk about how we can be a force for society. And it begins with us developing ourselves. How should women deal with the transgender movement that's growing around us today? So I'm going to share with you my opinion. Now you can harvest from it, take the good from it, throw away the things that you don't agree with. But, you know, just a little bit about my journey and as a founder of the Women's School is that I've trained women for more than two decades on how to be a woman, meaning practical skills, how to live every part of their life, life of wholeness, which is really mindset and skill set training. Now, when the whole thing, um, I would say last year, the whole, uh, I would like to call it debacle with our Supreme Court justice, when she was asked to say, how do you define a woman? And she said, I'm not a biologist. I was quite shocked and really perturbed by it compounding that as a founder of the woman's school it was sort of we were a target to women who say well I don't identify as a woman what if I you know I want to take your school and there was all these different things that were sort of coming into surface the last couple years that I never imagined in my 20 plus years of training women that the idea of being a woman is actually vulnerable I was so hopeful that we've come so far in our freedom to be a woman, freedom to be in the marketplace, freedom to vote, freedom to have a voice in our society is actually um, is actually uh, quite an accomplishment that we would actually go backwards. And when this whole thing happened and I watched Matt Walsh's uh, How uh, What is a Woman documentary, it really kind of brought to light something that has been brewing in the dark that I was unaware of. Um, I'd like to say I was asleep from (laughs) because I wanted to train women on their value and honoring their value based on skill set. I did not want to get into the conversation of what is a woman and go into the political sphere and have controversial questions. I wanted to stay out of anything controversial. That was my stand. Now, As I continue to do my research on what's happening in the world, such as now, you know, pornography that is rampant in our culture, um, I'm studying what's happening in our public school system, the pornography that's in our libraries, the school board where you have an imposition of boys and girls bathroom, girls and boys bathroom, the women's sports now under attack where you have athletes that are identified as women now winning all these women's sports. I mean, it's not a conspiracy. It's I I just saw one of the news um, media was saying what's not actually happening. 
it's facts, you know, and I, I there was a great um, tweet from Leila uh, Hermosi and said, follow the evidence, not your feelings. And I'm seeing all this brewing in the back and I, I've been pondering it in my heart and say, what is my role as a woman for such a time as this, where women's value is under a massive attack? And when I say massive attack, I mean that if we continue with a you know, this idea that men can become women, women can be uh, men and men can be in women's sports and women's bathroom. Our freedom to live fully who we are as women is actually being usurped and being robbed from underneath us. When I don't feel safe to go to the bathroom or my daughters don't feel safe, my freedom is under attack. When I don't feel like I can compete freely because I could get hurt or my daughters could get hurt because now they're going to be competing against men. I don't feel like I can become who I was created to be because maybe I was created to be an athlete. That's kind of a running joke because I'm the opposite of an athlete. But women who are maybe created to become a Serena Williams, to compete competitively in in the Olympics can no longer have the same equal freedom because now it will be usurped by somebody who's biologically actually could have an advantage regardless of how many hormones. So I'm seeing... You, you know, a government that's belittling the role of motherhood by making it birthing parent, this idea that we've gotten menstruating people as opposed to menstruating women, you know, I, it's hard to bite my tongue because I am very passionate about defending the value of women. And when we start dishonoring the sacredness of being a woman and belittling our sacrifice that comes with labor and menstruation and all the sacrifices that comes with, I would say, being a woman... I feel like we've lost the reverence of being a woman and of motherhood, and it's going to trickle down into our society and into family life. And that's, I think what I'm realizing is that there's a sinister agenda that's been happening for a long time on devaluing women and their self-worth that's happening in media and social media and Hollywood. And all that was sort of like, okay, we can fight that battle of, you know, our self-worth under attack, that we're, we're, we're our values based on our bodies, how much money we make, what we call it the poisonous pea. But now we are attacking something that is biologically true. The To me, the war on the growing, I would say, war against women, the transgender movement is actually an attack on truth. So the question I had to ask myself is what's my role? What's my role, January, as somebody who is a fierce defender of women's value, who, who's so passionate about training women to defend their value, to honor every part of their life? What's my role here? And honestly, there was a time here where I just, I, I didn't want to be part of it. And I think it might've been for fear of speaking up because you're going to get canceled. You're going to get criticized. You're going to get ridiculed. And I just learned very recently the um what I, I guess the invention of propaganda and what it actually is propaganda is not it, it, uh, i'm going to get my facts i want to get the right person the right name and the purpose of propaganda is to actually shame people that are going to speak up that's the purpose of propaganda is that you it's a kind of a reverse psychology anyway uh, that could be another blog post in itself but what i'm seeing is a propaganda to promote this ideology, 
where men can be women, women can be men, that actually negates the silent majority of women who are saying, no, I think I'm valuable as a woman and I can respect your own sexuality and the sexuality of of other people without devaluing my own sexuality. What I am seeing is that there is an awakening in women's heart. And I think the line was drawn when the attack on our children was so prevalent in school system where our freedom as parents are actually being robbed from us. And actually in California, if you, there's a a bill that I, I believe it's not approved in California and I can't remember which district it was, where if a parent will um, deny their child of their own gender, they could take the child away from you. I guess the question that I had to ask myself is, what is my role when the role of women is under attack and we are being devalued? Do I stay silent? And... I think what what's been brewing in my heart is how do I act in courage and in faith, knowing that my role as a woman is to be defender of truth. So it goes back to the question, how should we deal with the transgender movement? So I think that it it begins with being vigilant and studying the signs of our time. It secondly, we have to re awaken our heart and the universal call of what it means to be a woman. I think that women have a universal and unique call and unique purpose. Universal means universal to all of us, right? Unique is unique to who we are, our unique circumstance, our unique season of life. And we are both privileged to have both at the same time, all the time. But what is that you know, universal call? The universal call is to live a life of meaning and contribution. Our call is to defend what is true, good, and beautiful. How are we doing that? And I think when we ponder our role in defending what is true, good, and beautiful, and and assuming that role, really, and pondering that that is our role, then how do we live that? And I think that's what I want to just talk about here today is inviting women to deeper I would say reflection for such a time as this, where evil is so prevalent around us, what is your role in, I would say, defending what is true amidst the transgender movement, which is the reason why I decided to speak up was, actually, it came from Jordan Peterson, and he spoke about the story story of the Bible, Jonah and the whale. And that Jonah had a message, right? I think everybody knows that story. Jonah had a, had a message, but he wanted to say no to God and run away from the message. And that's why he was thrown off the boat and ended up in the belly of the whale, which resembles what hell is. And Jordan Peterson was talking about how his own journey of not speaking up actually is like going in the belly of the whale. Why? Because you're commissioned to do so. And I felt the same, I would say, um, sort of prompting in my own heart where if I don't do what I feel like I was created to do, which is to defend the value of women because I'm too afraid to speak up, it, it's it's literally eating me up inside. And that is to negate my very call. And so what am I asking you? I don't know what your call is uniquely. Uh, I just did a training on how to be a woman free course. It's free for everyone. If you're interested in it, it's free for one month. The whole course is a month long and it's free for the whole entire month. Free coaching, 
free training and free group you have to commit to a month. We have a waiting list. And in that free course, which I hope will be spread into the ends of the earth, is where I talk about the defend, defending the value of, of women in our role in society. And in there, I talk about your role. It's called the 5E. You're here to E1, which is to expose. Maybe that's your role in defending the value of women is to expose truth. Number two, encourage. Encourage so it's that are defending truth and exposing them. E3 is to e equip, maybe financially equip the people that are fighting the battle of defending uh, women's value. E4 is to um, empower other women, which means to motivate people that maybe have been silent, not just encourage them, but empower them to say, oh, go for it. Let's speak up and speak up together. Let's defend the value of women without disrespecting other people in their own journey of their own sexuality. It, you know, I think we can do both. I'll talk about it in a minute. And E5 is to educate. That's what I truly believe my role is to educate. There's others that are exposing it. And my role is to train women with the mindset and the skills that they need for such a time as this so that they actually can fight the war against evil. That's what I feel my role is. Now you have a role in this. Pick your own universal call and what you know what you think your role is in in fighting the battle against evil around us. And so how should we deal with a transgender movement? Well, being vigilant is key to fighting a battle. What do I mean by that? You can't fight a war unless you know you're in one. And number two, you can't fight a battle ill-equipped with armor. You've got to armor up for the battle. And also number three, you can't fight the battle unless you have the strategy to fight the battle. And so you need to know what's happening. You need to know, you know, where your enemies are attacking, you where, uh, you know, the weak points are. Uh, I love actually see watching um, epic historic movies like Gladiators. My husband totally got me into it. I, I was, I'm not really a movie person. I do like historical uh, movies of what's, how our world has sort of come to be. And so I often reflect on the warriors that had to evolve through the years and to, you know, how did they live their life with such, you know, this idea that they were always in this constant battle and fighting for their own territory and their own home. And so what I often think about is they knew their opponents, they would study their opponents, they would train up, they would armor up for the battle. And what I think our role as women is to be strategic about what is going on with the enemy. First, we have to identify the enemy. Who is the enemy? There is a silent enemy. Talk about that in the How to Be a Woman Free course. Silent enemy is from within. But then who's our enemy externally? Who is it? And we need to identify that. And that's what I think that there's a minor transgender movement that I think is usurping the silent majority of our world in wrecking havoc in our society. So we need to pay attention to what's happening if we're going to fight this battle. So here's what I think our role is as women is number one, we have to assume our call for such a time as this. What is your responsibility? Where are you called to fight this battle? Because if there's a battle, a spiritual battle around us, we need to know where we're fighting. Me, I'm educating. Maybe you're fighting the social media battle. Maybe you're fighting it, you know, as a teacher. Now, caveat here, because I would always kind of engage in conversations, obviously with people, I mean, a lot of people and, you know, as, as a mom of eight, I, I, I have conversations with families and, and parents and 
I'm always very fierce about saying, how can we fight the culture war and the war against our children? How can we do everything that we can to rebuild culture as as a woman, as as a couple, as families. And the pushback I get when I talk about this, I'm like, we can't just sit there and do nothing. It's not January. The best thing you can do is to raise your children the best way you can, and that's good enough. And I just push back. It's not, it doesn't sit well with me because what you're saying is January, just take care of your family selfishly. Don't worry about what's happening in the world. As long as you can take care of your family, then don't worry about it. The best thing you can do is take care of your kids. Well, what? how am I modeling for my children being a steward of our culture if all I'm saying is as long as I'm going to take care of my own little cocoon, make sure my kids are fed, they're happy, and they're healthy, and they're good kids, I'm not going to worry about the world burning. I don't believe that we, you know, women are just supposed to have voices in their homes. I think that our voices are to be a thread in every facet of society. I think that we need to expand our influence that is based on a moral compass in our marketplace and our politics and our school system. And it's precisely that the voice of a moral compass is now gone and the woman is no longer in those space. Maybe women that are living moral lives are not there that our society is actually no longer based on a moral compass. There's no truth. There's is everything is based on relative reality, such as our gender. And I think that for such a time as this, women have to understand that the role in their home and outside their home is necessary. Now, when I say outside your home, it could be your community, it could be your church, it could be, it could be your mom's group, it could be your work, it could be you're running a business, whatever it is that you're called to, you could be a doctor, a nurse, but to negate that role is to negate our opportunity to fight the battle in context of where God has placed us for this time in in history. And I think that if we're not fighting, then who's fighting? If we're not armoring up outside of our home and inside our home, then how do we fight the spiritual warfare? So what is our role is to be vigilant against the face of evil and to fight the battles in our homes and in our communities I think that we can't just sit back. The enemy sometimes is fear and comfort. We're so afraid we won't speak up and we're just going to be in our own little selfish world. And I do say it's 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 kind of an unknown, unintended selfishness. But what we're saying if we're just going to take care of our families is we have no stake in our nation. We have no stake in our land. And I think that we are called to defend our land as women. We are called to be warriors of our culture. Now, it looks different than men. But make no mistake, we are to be defenders of our culture. And we do that by elevating culture. And maybe the woman the woman has been weakened so much, she's incapable of defending culture because she's so distracted. She's so fickle. She is so worried about what people think or perfection or we've weakened her capacity to be in command of our own emotion, that she's just going by the wind, that she's incapable of thinking outside of just trying to survive. And we are seeing that. So our role, what should be our role as women today? Now think of, you know, harvest from this, but number one is that we ought to protect the sacredness of childhood. We ought to be vigilant, whether you're you're a single woman, uh, you know, a teenager, grandmother, If we don't protect our children, then we risk the next generation. I want my my 14-year-old to understand to to protect the sacredness of 
of my two, you know, her two-year-old brother, her four-year-old brother, seven-year-old sister, and eight-year-old sister, that we teach the reverend rever the rever reverence of childhood, the sacredness of childhood, that we form the child to grow their ability to actually be wholesome and capable adults. And we do that by protecting their childhood. We don't entitle them. We protect them. And what I'm seeing this transgender movement is that we are teaching and empowering people to just go by how they feel and not based on logic or truth. It's like, if you feel like a cat, then you be a cat for the day. I just saw um, Meniscalco, one of our favorite comedians, she's like her daughter, is not you know, learning alphabet because somebody identifies as a lion. So now they have to be distracted by the lion wars in the back of this first grade, I think your daughter class, so they can't learn. So what are we doing if we are allowing the mutilation of our children before they're capable of making a decision for themselves? Because that's what's happening is that we're saying, well, if you feel like you're a cat or a dog or boy or girl today, then by all means, I am in, obligated to honor whatever you feel. Well, the sacredness of childhood is to train a child to develop a life of wholeness so she can actually equip herself to make the right decision for her. And here's why this is important. If we do not give our child eyes of wholeness, which means they're seeing their image, that we're helping them develop the image of the whole of themselves, their mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health, that we teach them how to be a friend and how to have friendships so that they're not lonely. So they're not stressed and susceptible to constantly being stressed that they're weakened by their will, that they're healthy. They love the body. They can honor what, what goes in and out of it. They have, they're mentally sharp. They're taking care of themselves. They like the person that they're becoming, that they're also understand the sacredness of their um, intimate life that they're preparing to have the right skill set, communication skills, boundary skills, trustworthiness, so that they can have the relationship that their heart deeply longs, that we're modeling for our children that beautiful life. Or if they don't understand dreaming or a sense of purpose and to find work that they love, or if they are in an environment that they're not peaceful because it's not a safe place of growth and freedom to fail, well, what we're basically doing is making our children susceptible to propaganda. Teaching our children to see with eyes of wholeness is helping them identify that every part of them matters and that we as parents, as mothers, need to honor the sacredness of their childhood by honoring every part of their life and helping them see how to be fully alive in every part of their life, giving them the tools such as skill set and mindset so that they can preserve a life of wholeness. And that's how we honor the sacredness of their, of, of, of their childhood. And I think Women, regardless if you're a teenager or a grandmother, we have to think about our role in protecting the sacredness of childhood because today children are being manipulated, children are being mutilated, and children are being, uh, I would say, entitled towards their lack, entitled that they're living lives of quiet unfulfillment. And we are seeing the rates of suicide, depression, mental illness that's now coming to a point where people identify as a cat, a dog, a lion. I mean, what have we become? So I think mothers and women ought to be guardians in, in protecting the sacredness of childhood. Role number two, I think we need to also stay vigilant on the transgender movement impacting our way of life, such as what Maniscalco was saying. Our children can no longer learn because somebody identifies as a lion, therefore they can't learn the ABC because the lion would hurt the lion's feelings. It's ridiculous. And it sounds so ridiculous, but go to Twitter, go to the social media and go to what's happening and you'll see 
what is happening? Somebody identifies as a horse. I saw this, a girl identifies as a horse. So now she goes around her house. Her mother is totally fine with it. She walks like a horse. It contorts her body. We have, you know, people that identifying as, as, as a doll or identifying as a wolf, a, I mean, the relativism that is ruining our culture is ruining our family culture for people that want to be able to live, I would say, a sense of moral compass, a sense of protecting the quality of our children's life. Because now, if our children's bathroom is not safe, how could you actually feel safe as a parent? And how could you um, adhere your obligation to protect your children's safety if you don't know their bathrooms are actually safe when there's rape that's happening in college campus? So our role is to be vigilant and to push back for the safety of our children, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, like our children should feel safe to go to the bathroom. That should be a pretty sacred space. Not when there's men around, not when our privacy is being violated. So that's our role is say vigilant. So we need to be paying attention to what's happening in our school board and local government, in our businesses and push back and say, wait a minute, does that, do I actually feel comfortable? And if not, I ought to speak up there. There was a, uh, they, they did a staged a walkout in Pennsylvania because there is the new rule is that, you know, boys can be in girls' bathroom. So these high schools were actually pushing back. And I thought, wow, I honor the fact that they were walking out of silent protest to honor their value and dignity as men and women to say, no, you can't, <laughs> you know, like that's my own personal space. Um, and I think our number three is that women ought to be pillars of peace and truth and goodness which means that when there is a massive moral decay that's happening, I think our role is to educate and awaken people, first and foremost by primary, by how we live our life, how we first order our own home, right? Let's get our homes right for it. When I say home, metaphorically, our own interior home, our marriages, our home life, our life of wholeness, so that we can hold and raise a standard of good in the world, beautiful marriages, beautiful friendship, beautiful conversation, beautiful home, not ordered. Like it's not like this perfect home that's made of luxury, but sale, but home that makes people feel alive, that our families are thriving, that our children are being role models and are being light in the world. Then who we are, women aspire to become, that we are becoming role models in our society. I think there's a great need for role models for such a time of darkness where light shines even brighter because the world has been so weakened by darkness and so I go back to the original question, how should women, um, you know, respond to the transgender movement? Number one, by protecting the sacredness of childhood. Number two, by staying vigilant and studying the signs of our time and pushing back and speaking up. Number three, I'd say we need to be defenders of truth and against the moral decay around us. Number four, we need to take responsibility in who we ought to become so we can actually armor up for the battle and not make excuses for, uh, I would say, our inconsistency that leads us to sort of be modeled as a life of hypocrisy. We have to get our homes in order, our hearts in order, our minds in orders. And number five, I think we need to take responsibility in armoring up, developing our mindset and our skill set and training up for a battle because if we're a battle and we're not training we are going to get defeated interiorly we have a responsibility to get in get up every single day develop a life and a routine that allows us to study that allows us to grow that allows us to actually 
become who God created us to be for such a time as this, so we can arm up for the battle and fight evil that's around us, beginning with the evil that is within us with a small e. So I think that our role in this transgender movement is to be warriors of truth. Now, I don't know where you are in your journey. I don't know what you know uh, you feel like, but I think that the invitation I have for you is to ponder what your role is. And simultaneously, we have to respect everyone around, especially the women, as we invite them to fight for battle and not impose, you know, our will upon them. Because I think that could fire back and say, what is your role? What do you feel you're created for for such a time as this? And we create that invitation, we inspire people to rise up together by not also imposing it, but to respect their journey. Now, I will wrap up here with really just wanting to, to to be very clear that we ought to respect every human being. And we ought to also honor the fact that women and men are wounded and that we can't make fun, judge, and also belittle those that are trying to discover their own sexuality and maybe have become a victim to false propaganda simply because they were not skilled to defend themselves against a lot of the toxic ideologies around us. They couldn't defend themselves and say, you know, um, I don't want to transition. I want to, I want to just enjoy this journey of being a tomboy, right? I was a tomboy. So imagine if I was mutilated because I was a tomboy, because I felt like I'm dressing up as, as a boy for a few years of my life. I refused to wear a dress for years. I would cry, but that's the journey. So I think that as women, we cannot be the ones bashing. We expose the truth in a very way, in a way that respects people's sexuality and pain and woundedness. And also because we as a culture have become a victim to something greater and sinister. And what I think is, is a war against evil. So let's remain respectful, vigilant, fierce, but kind and respectful to everyone in their own sexuality and their own journey. And may our life be a walking light that your role is not to belittle those that are trying to discover their own sexuality, rather raise the standard, be patient with their journey, but not asleep, not asleep. For such a time as this, we need women fully alive, fully awake, fully present in themselves, fully alive in the battle against evil, which means we have to be on our knees. We need to be studying. We need to be disciplined. We need to be training. And I also just want to say that I feel that evil grows when good women stay silent in the comforts of their own home, trying to just live their own life. It's not the time to stay quiet when the world is burning. It's a time to armor up. So wherever we are coming, the invitation is let's take seriously our role in taking responsibility for our own growth so we have greater capacity to actually fight against a small minority who has a sinister agenda to rob us of our value as women, rob us of our value in our family life, rob us of our sexuality, rob our nation of their freedom, rob men of their value. Um, I want to honor men who are also fighting vigilantly to defend the value of women for such a time as this. I think that 
the complementarity of our role in fighting evil is so profoundly beautiful and our ability to raise the standards for women is so needed and that standard begins with us honoring our value but also honoring the value of men because i think that we can't do it alone and we were never created to do it alone so armor up stay vigilant and assume your role for such a time as this to arm up for the battle and become fully who God created you to be for such a time as this. There's grace in the call. There is no school that teaches us how to be a woman, how to manage our mind, our emotions, our bodies, our homes, our relationships, our careers and friendship, and all the practical skills that we need to honor every part of our life and become the woman we deeply desire to be. Women have a universal desire to live a life of meaning and contribution. And yet, we are being blamed and shamed for the choices no one taught us how to make. Think about it. Doctors, teachers, nurses, and every other profession get access to training. And yet, women are expected to know how to be a woman just because they're born a woman. But worst, we are valued based on our performance, perfection, position, popularity, and power we call the poisonous bee, which is why so many women quietly doubt if they're good enough. The truth is that our worth is unconditional and our value is not for sale. We are all unique and unrepeatable and what we offer the world is irreplaceable. The Women's School is a how-to school for women for such a time as this. It is time for women to rise up, become who she was created to be, and set the world on fire. My name is January Donovan, founder of The Woman's School, which is a how-to school for women for such a time as this. I'm a mom of eight and a business owner, and I truly believe that it is time for women to rise up, become who she was created to be, and set the world on fire. I created a foundational training on how to be a woman so that you can understand your value and your purpose for such a time in history where we are being erased. So buckle up and prepare yourself for the rise of the new woman.